Hello and welcome to this edition of the Oregon Wine History Archive podcast. The Oregon Wine History Archive is located at Linfield University in McMinnville, Oregon, and is dedicated to preserving and sharing the Oregon wine story. This podcast will share these stories through oral history interviews that we've conducted throughout the industry. Please enjoy these stories. All right, my name is Rich Schmidt. I'm here with Jose Lopez. We're at Results Partners in McMinnville. It's February 8th, 2021. Jose, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate this. Uh, very nice to meet you, Rich. Uh, it's my pleasure. First question for you, uh, why grapes? Why viticulture? Uh, it's a um, really um, good question. Um, viticulture, it's, it's agriculture. Um, I am my background. Uh, from where I come from, it's all agriculture. So um, coming to the States, uh, <laughs> it's the first thing that I wanted to do because I already knew how to do it. Um, and by pure accident, um, I ended up on the uh, vineyard grape growing industry. Um, my first job was Christmas trees um, and then after the season was over it was nothing nothing out there to be done on Christmas trees it's the end of the year and so fortunately it's the beginning of the season for the grapes pruning time and so um, I was lucky to come across with an opportunity to work in the grape growing industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how everything started. You mentioned growing up. Tell me about growing up and, and where you grew up and, and what brought you to the U.S. Uh, this uh, takes us back to uh, 1993. I grew up in um, the state of Guanajuato, um, little village. Uh, called Monte de Hoyos, um, Municipio de Romita, Guanajuato. Basically, just a little village. Um, and our nearest town was Romita, is Romita, Guanajuato. Um, it's it was just a uh, just a dream. Um, I'm the oldest of my family, um, and so. Um, I just I just wanted to help mom and dad with the rest of my brothers. Um, I was very young when when the idea of helping uh, came to me. I was only thirteen, and I had a couple of friends that they came to the United States uh, older than me, but. Um, down in Mexico, we used to work harvesting potatoes, and I was younger than my friends, but I always, um, uh, I wasn't afraid of the work that we were doing, harvesting potatoes, and I could beat them during that season of the potato um, harvesting. I could, I could beat them at work. Mm-hmm. And so when they came to the United States on my head, I'm like, 
if if I beat him to work here and they gone to the United States, I can probably do the same thing over there. So um, this idea of coming to the United States started uh, getting on me. And of course, when I asked my dad, he's like, you're too young. You, there's no way. I won't let you go to the United States. You're too young. And so I'm, my reason was dead. If I, if I'm a better worker than my friends here, uh, they gone to the United States, they're back. I can probably do the same thing. So uh, one year went by and he kept saying no. He kept saying no. I didn't give up because I, I, I knew I could do it. If they did it, I knew I could do it. Um, so I remember that he asked me, well, if you, only if you find somebody that it's willing to take care of you, I uh, might think about it. Mm -hmm. That was all I needed, to go find somebody that was willing to bring me to the United States. Luckily, a cousin, my cousin who it's, I always see him like my, one of my oldest brothers. Mm -hmm. um, he also works in this industry, his name is uh, Pablo Olmedo, uh, he was basically uh, my my babysit. He was he babysit me the entire time, and uh, thanks to him, I made it all the way here. And I did what I wanted to do. I wanted to help my dad. I wanted to help my brothers, and I did. Mm -hmm. um, I did and. In, um, thanks to this um, beautiful industry that I'm part of it now. Uh, ever since I've been working on, on this and I, I don't have plans of going nowhere. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's been, um, yeah, yeah, I had a, um, it's ups and downs. Um, when I first uh, started working on, the, on this industry, uh, it wasn't easy to get a chance. Um, it was really hard. It was really hard because it wasn't, we didn't have all these opportunities. We didn't have all these people that wanted to give opportunities to people. Um, and I knew that I wanted to do something different. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I didn't knew how long it was going to take me. So it was hard, but it's, it's, uh, it's it's been worth it's been worth it. so why why did you come to Oregon specifically and, and what was your first impression of Oregon <laughs> on on <laughs> this is fun uh, on my ignorance um, on my ignorance when I when I knew I wanted to come I had a couple uncles here uh, the, when they went back to our village, uh, all they talked about was Oregon, right? And um, I'm like, Oregon it is. Oregon it is. Plus, my cousin uh, had a couple brothers here, which our next stop was Oregon. Mm -hmm. So we 
it was just Oregon since day one. And um, when I got here, I had invitations to go um, to go back to California, to go to all of the states. Uh, but I ended up staying here. Some of my friends went to um, California. Some of my friends went to Idaho. Um, but I ended up staying here. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, uh, as soon as I, I, I started working on um, on the grape growing industry, I'm, it, it, it was basically a, a year, uh, kind of a full-time job mm-hmm. from January all the way to December. Mm-hmm. So um, in reality, I had no desire to go nowhere else because I knew I had a job. Mm-hmm. And all I needed to do was to really get my job done, to be able to keep my job entire year. So I had no reason to go nowhere else mm-hmm. and ended up staying um, here. Um, 27 years later, we're here still. Um, yeah. So Oregon, in, until today, no plans to go uh, nowhere. You mentioned you, you'd heard about Oregon from, from uncles. Uh, how, did it, how did it compare to what you expected? Um, I, you know, um, I, I thought it was um, going to be nothing but big, um, uh, big places where you're packing stores, packing this, packing that. Um, I never expected that it was going to be agriculture. Um, I thought I wasn't going to see dirt anymore, um, but I was totally wrong. <laughs> and I was so happy that I saw dirt and that I was able to get my hands full of mud and, and be exposed to the um, elements, the weather. Um, so it, it was totally different than what I had on my head mm-hmm. um, to find out that it's beautiful <laughs> and so I liked it um, some of my friends that we were talking about it they left because um, because of the rain season they thought it was just too much rain uh, and yes it is but you get used to it uh, get your raincoat your boots and you're good to go <laughs> <laughs> So you talked about how viticulture specifically was, it was an accident, just a, a, a kind of a happenstance of timing. You obviously had an agricultural background at that point. Was there anything you needed to know for, what, what, was there anything different about vineyard work or, or grape work that you didn't already know? No, um, I, I think I was hungry of learning new things. I think I was hungry of, um, of, of doing something different than, than some of my relatives. Um, some of my relatives have been here for a long time. And yeah, they had their jobs. Uh, they have their daily jobs. Uh, but I was, I was, I wanted to do something different. Okay. I, I wanted to, I wanted to be able to grow. I wanted to be able to, to uh, have more responsibilities. Uh, I wasn't afraid of more responsibilities. Um, I have to admit that 
um, with the limitations that I had, uh, I, I didn't speak a word in English. Uh, I didn't write a word in English. It's a, it's a different culture. Um, I'm away from my parents. Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's a lot of things that can hold you back. Um, but I knew I wanted to do something different. Um, I still remember that um, one day on the middle of the rain, we were pulling brush uh, up on one of the blocks where we were working at the time. And there's a group of people um, that they've been there for a longer time than me. And we started the conversation, somebody started the conversation, what are you going to do in five years? And, and most all of them, all of them said, well, we're going to be here. We're, what are we going? Uh, we're going to be pulling brass. We're going to be, we've been working here for a long time already. And so when they asked me the same question, I, I told them, um, five years from now, uh, I want to be able to, I want to have a place where I can make the calls. Mm -hmm. I, I want to be the guy that gives the instructions on how to do the things. Um, everybody looked at me and they laughed about me. And I still remember like it was yesterday, they told me, oh, you're not going to go nowhere. You're going to be doing the same thing that we're doing here. Uh, for years and years and uh, I, I knew I wasn't uh, I knew I wasn't um, because I I was looking for it I was looking for it uh, I've been so I consider myself that I've been so lucky that I work with people that um, I earned their trust mm -hmm. Uh, and that's a huge word. Um, and I think a lot of us can do that, but we choose not to for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And so um, four years later, I managed the place along with somebody else. There was two of us. We managed the place and managed all my core workers. Mm -hmm. uh, one year before the five years that I, I said I was going to. But I worked really hard. I had to go to school. I had to pick up English. Uh, I, I had to, it was long nights, um, long days. Um, yeah, it, it was, um, it, was it, it hasn't been easy, it wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, then um, I, I think things change um, with our industry, the more opportunities uh, became available for more people uh, and I think it's, it's a little bit different uh, than, than 20 some years ago. Mm -hmm. What was the most difficult part of the transition for you? Was it was it the language barrier? Was it the homesick? What was the hardest thing about being in Oregon, and what did you have to work the hardest to kind of overcome? The the hardest I think was um, 
the language barrier I used to be I this um, I always left about this um, there's there's a line where um, if you want to do it and set yourself to do it you're gonna do it but there's there's a there's a fine line I remember I, I joke about this but it's, it's so true um, when I was picking up a um, little bit of English um, I remember I was at the store um, and you know how there's people stacking the aisles mm -hmm. and making sure there's thing I remember that um, that person uh, approached me uh, to ask me if I needed help with anything at that time I didn't understand and so as soon as I saw him coming to me like I turned around and walked away because I I was afraid mm -hmm. uh, I was afraid and um, ever since I figured out what he wanted to tell me uh, every time that I had a chance I went back to any store and ask for help to find anything, stuff that I wasn't looking for, but I wanted to exercise, mm -hmm. exercise, mm -hmm. exercise. And as soon as I, I start getting a little bit more confidence about myself, repeating the same word and saying it wrong for multiple times and saying it wrong again and catching it right the next time, that's, when I broke that line, um, it was um, much easier, mm -hmm. much easier. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, I, I think that was the one of the biggest one. The other one is, you know, being away from mom and dad um, all these years um, uh, at, at a really young age. Mm -hmm. uh, it was hard to but. I, I think um, learning the language and being able to communicate uh, was a lot of help. Mm -hmm. uh, I felt like you get more doors uh, that open for you. And, and with that, um, you got to keep your feet in the ground and help more people. Not necessarily that the things that work for me will work for somebody else but if I can coach them tell them hey do this uh, I'm always in favor of that and if I can awake something on a person that is kind of holding back because doesn't know how to do it I will be in favor of doing it mm -hmm. time after time you mentioned uh, going to classes as well tell me about that that experience for you yeah yeah um, I went to uh, multiple uh, classes of viticulture. Um, Is that through Chimekeda? Through Chimekeda, yeah. When I fell in love with this um, grape growing, uh, when it became a passion, I knew I needed to go and uh, inform myself more about what really affect the wine and stuff like that. So uh, for me, it was really important. And um, that's, that's, <laughs> I remember that I used to, 
finish my work day um, and just run, run to Jamaica. Uh, At that time, I was working um, on the Yam Hill area. So I had to drive all the way to Jamaica. Uh, and it was, so I didn't see my, my wife and my kid um, until late hours in the night. And coming home, I still had to do homework. And so I'm on the table, right? Um, and multiple times I passed on the table because I wanted to make sure that I was taking serious my classes. Mm -hmm. uh, and so um, it, it, that was probably a, a hard part that not a lot of people knows about it. Mm -hmm. And and, and sometimes um, people think that this is just, it's like a walk in the park. Uh, it's, it's not, it, it's some sacrifices uh, that needs to be made. And um, I, I was happy to do it. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it's been, it's been working really nice. Mm -hmm. So tell me about your first, your first time working in the vineyard here. You mentioned post-Christmas trees. You, you kind of fall into the vineyard work. Tell me about the first, the first place you were working in and kind of your first impressions of the work itself and of the industry itself. It was, um, you know, um, it was a beautiful experience because um, it's, it's on the Dundee Hills, uh, 1996, uh, Dundee Hills. We're um, pulling brush. Um, my um, back then was a friend, but now he's uh, my uncle. He's married to my aunt. Um, back then, I asked him multiple times when I was uh, laid out from the Christmas trees. Hey. Um, sure, uh, ask your boss if you guys need more people. Uh, I'm not doing anything. And I remember he told me once, well, I've taken people before and they quit. Uh, I, I don't feel like taking any more people. And I'm like, come on, this is going to be different. I, I promise you that I won't, uh, I, I won't leave. Mm -hmm. I will stick around. Um, but the third time that I told him, uh, he's like, well, we'll see, can you go see uh, my boss? And I'm like, sure, I'm gonna go see your boss. Um, his boss at that time was um, Alan Holston, uh, which um, I feel so lucky that I had a chance to work with him. Um, I remember stepping into the office and um, uh, told him that I was there for an interview about work. And um, he looked at me, um, so you wanna work on the grapes? I'm like, yeah, I do. Well, when can you start? Well, today. <laughs> um, 
and he looked at my how I was dressed. Um, I was I, I was wearing uh, tennis shoes because I wasn't sure if I was gonna get jump and so but I was ready to go it's um, cold um, wet but I was ready to go on tennis and so um, he's like you, you should go um, buy some boots and so I started the next day and ever since um, ever since I've been uh, working uh, on this industry yeah awesome so that was my first uh, opportunity to get into the um the grape growing uh, industry and i just i just liked it i just liked it um i just liked it and uh uh and i show my friend uh that i mean it when i told him that i would i, I was going to stick around i did which vineyard was that? Uh, that was a name, a vineyard named uh, Knudsen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was uh, when I first uh, started working with um, Alan Holston. And the name of the company back then, it was the Argyle uh, Company. Mm -hmm. um, worked there for uh, several years. Uh, then they started, um, they were like a management company as well. Um, and I worked uh, multiple sites with them. Um, but then they started, they were starting um, the Stoller family vineyard. Uh, and so during that year, um, I was on multiple sites, but most of the time I was spent at the Stoller um, Vineyard. Mm -hmm. And then some happened, uh, um, since I was spending most of my time at Stoller Vineyard, uh, there was a time where I was hired to work directly with the Stoller family, and I did. Uh, then I spent about 10 years, 11 years working with them. Uh, great family. Uh, Bill Stoller was a great guy. Uh, Kathy uh, was great. Um, I used to live at the property. Uh, very nice people, very nice family. Mm -hmm. So um, there, um, that's when I started um, raising my hand for more opportunities. That's uh, what I realized that I, if, if I wanted to do something different, I had to raise my hand. And multiple times, multiple times I asked for the chance ask for the chance and I never give up uh, when I wasn't given one. I was determined that I was going to find the chance and I did. Um, I remember that I wanted to operate a tractor so bad just to show him, to show 
uh, at that time um, the manager was uh, Jaime Cantu, a great guy too. Um, give me a chance, give me a chance. I really wanna, I really wanna learn how to drive a tractor. Uh, but the, the, he always had his team, and so there was no possible. Mm -hmm. uh, but one time, <laughs> one time, one of the operators didn't show up on a Monday, and and Jaime asked me, "So you want to do it?" I'm like, well, "I've been wanting to do it forever. Sure." I, sure, I would just want to do it. Uh, and so, jumped in the tractor and he showed me how, what, what, what I was going to be doing. I was uh, spraying. Um, oh, I was happy as can be. I mean, it was, I mean, it was like a kid on a candy store. <laughs> happy as can be. But the thing is, it only lasted one day. Because the next day, the uh, real operator came in. And so I went back to the crew. Uh, it was a great experience. I knew that there was going to be a chance. When, I wasn't sure. Um, and just because he gave me a chance and then the next day he took me off the tractor, that didn't make me mad at all. That didn't make me mad. Uh, I was happy because I was able to show him for that day that I was capable of doing it. Mm -hmm. Weeks went by, I kept asking, hey, Jaime, when are you going to give another chance? And then the second time that operator didn't show up, I had another chance. And I think Jaime realized that I was hungry of learning. And, and and he gave me the chance. Uh, but the operator came back, and so he got his job back. Um, but then Jaime decided to put me on an ATV to spray herbicide, uh, and that was the beginning mm -hmm. of this climbing and climbing and um, I, I've been really happy like you say I, I've been uh, working and covering myself with great people uh, it, it's it took me um, it, I had to raise my hand multiple times I had to ask multiple times but uh, once we got going uh, I think everybody figured out that um, I must have had something to offer that um, it, it, it worked. Mm -hmm. uh, and then for every responsibility that I was earning, I was, um, I, I was doing this with more patience. I, I felt like I, I had nowhere to go because I had to keep going. Um, leaving the Stoller family wasn't an easy decision, um, but I had something on mine, and I 
came as far as, as I could at their property. And I thought about it multiple times. I thought about it multiple times. Uh, I was happy there. Uh, but I had that little bug already going and I really wanted to do it before uh, losing time. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to, to, to tell someone that I tried and tried and tried and did it. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to be able to, to, to say, uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to make it, mm -hmm. but I knew I wanted to try. Mm -hmm. uh, and the thing that I didn't want it it was just kind of lay back and, and not do it. I wanted to felt, uh, I wanted to see if I had it or not. Uh, and it was a hard decision mm -hmm. because I had everything there. Uh, great family. I could work as many hours as I wanted to. I was living on the property. I mean, you name it. Uh, it. It was a very difficult decision. Mm -hmm. It was a very difficult decision, but uh, it was. It was. So uh, today, I can tell you that was worth it. Um, so um, I'm. I'm. I'm happy for my. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, after. After um, Stoller, I went to Willa Kinsey. Yeah, Willa Kinsey, I spent uh, five years. Um, was really funny because uh, <laughs> I always uh, told this uh, story. Um, on that year, I knew I wanted to keep growing. So I came to the store, to the OBS store, and saw on the board a uh, car with uh, John posting at Willa Kinsey. We were looking for an assistant at that time. And uh, I called. Um, and uh, Daniel Fay, who was the, uh, who was the uh, manager, uh, it's on the other side of the phone, right? And he's like, well, sorry, but um, we just hired the assistant, so I need to call OBS to have them to take down the ad. Um, and we kept talking. He asked me what I knew uh, about the vineyard and vineyard work, and I told him uh, that I could do all of these things that I've done. Um, living here before and uh, that was it um, I remember he said uh, well I'm gonna think about it and uh, um, I'll give you a call and there I thought ah, chance went away and I was telling myself it's probably it's it's probably good this is probably something that I need to get off my head um, I don't know if a week later he called me and we kept talking and he asked me if I wanted to join. Um, they had a property on the Dundee Hills 
um, with Akenzie. And so he kind of mentioned, maybe we can work out something where um, you could be at the uh, vineyard. Uh, and it sounded really interesting. Um, so I took it. Uh, I told him, yeah, sure. He was uh, a really good decision. Uh, he, I, I learned a lot of things with him. Uh, one is that you have to be clear. Uh, there's no going around. I have to be um, clear. You have to have goals uh, in that direction. Mm -hmm. And um, spent uh, four years with him. He was um, it was a really nice four years. Really nice four years. Um, he's a great guy. <laughs> yeah. Bit of foreshadowing, I guess, that's because you're still still working with him. I'm I'm curious at Stoller and and in that job, what what was your what were your responsibilities? What what was your what did your job entail? First, it was just general labor, um, general labor, um, everything um, from pruning to pulling brush and tying, all, all of it, all of it, except any equipment. And it wasn't until the first um, chances that Jaime uh, gave me uh, the tractor. Mm -hmm. Then, uh, from general labor, um, I, I was the um, Herbicide applicator. Then uh, along that line, I was in the shop servicing the equipment. So I kind of went from general labor to shop servicing equipment um, uh, to train new operators um, to try every new piece of equipment that was brought into the property to make sure that it worked. Um, yeah, it, it changed. It, it changed. Mm -hmm. um, but I, uh, <laughs> um, while while being a story, I remember seeing Jaime and Alan Holston walking in the rows when it was time to um, do your crop estimates, and I always wanted to know more. And so um, that was another thing that I wanted to do. Uh, and I wasn't able to there. So um, when I um, when I decided that I wanted to do, learn that as well, uh, that's when I knew that I needed to do classes, viticulture uh, classes. Uh, but I wasn't going to be doing it there because somebody else was doing it. Uh, and so um, then I went to uh, Willa Kenzie and that's when I got more exposure to that as well. Yeah. So picked up a little bit more um, while going to school 
you know, while working with Daniel, um, learning how to do it. Um, and, and there was a, a, a friend of mine, his name is Baribek. Uh, he started um, uh, a management company as well. Uh, the name of the company is Under Dance Vineyard Systems. Uh, great guy, great guy. Um, he wanted me to work with him. He asked me multiple times uh, while I was a staller, um, while I was a Willa So I knew that was the next step. Um, to go out and really do it myself and see if I was able to do it, right? So I was happy as can be a stoller, went to Willa Kenzie. I was happy as can be a Willa Kenzie. <laughs> uh, great owners, nice people. Uh, But I knew I had something else that I needed to achieve. Uh, so it was another hard decision. When, and it was pure accident because um, on the fourth year, uh, when I was part of the management team at Willa Kenzie, um, I should stay there. It was, it's a, it was a really uh, nice company, nice people. Um, everything there, one spot. Well, two vineyards, basically um, the Yam Hill side and the Dundee side, but that was it. Um, but no, I, I wanted to do more. I wanted to do more. And on that year that I was part of the management team, uh, came across with Buddy Beck and he asked me again hey how you doing when are you gonna be ready to come and work for me I'm like buddy don't don't start joking buddy because I'll I'll take your word <laughs> um, he's like well oh I'm ready for you um, and I thought about it. It went on my head. I'm like, this is a chance that I've been looking for all this time. Talked to my wife multiple times. And that's when I was just barely, barely picking up more English. And I thought about dealing with clients. What if I'm not able to? What if I screwed up? What if this goes wrong? What if this goes bad? And so I decided, well, I won't know until I get into it. So I called Buddy and told him, um, we should, if, if you're serious about it, we should meet. Uh, and we did, we did, we, we met. Uh, and we agree on something. It was so hard to make another resignation letter. 
so hard. It, it's, yeah, I'm not the kind of people that is uh, two months here, three months there, year here, year there. But I, it was my dream. It was my dream and I really wanted to go to the next level and see if, if, if I really learned something over the past multiple years. Mm -hmm. And I took the opportunity with Buddy uh, Beck um, and went to work for Advanced Vineyard Systems. Um, at Advanced Vineyard Systems, I spent another five years. Five years and five years. <laughs> uh, it wasn't intentional. It was uh, that um, I was just waiting for the time and I thought that at that time, the proper time had come, mm -hmm. and, I, and I just, I just thought it was time. And so it was so hard to to uh, let uh, Bernie occur. Um, know that I'm, I'm happy here, uh, but this is what I'm. This is my dream. Uh, I remember he asked me, why are you leaving? Um, you need more money? Uh, and, and, and to be honest with you, this is something that I learned ever since I started working on this industry. Um, who doesn't need money? We all need money. Um, but I believe that if you're given an opportunity, all you have to do is grab it, work hard on it, and whatever it is that you're doing, you just have to do it. You just have to go out there and do it. And with all of these um, actions, with all the work that you do, if you do it right, that's going to come. Mm -hmm. The money part will come. How much? I don't know. How much is right? I don't know. Uh, but I think all you have to do is grab the opportunity and go to work. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a firm believer that uh, it's, it's, it's a way to make it somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I told him, no, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. Uh, in fact, I came, I joined ABS and, and made less money than what I was making over the kids. I knew, I knew that I was given a chance that I was looking for. I knew that if I go to work, it was going to be the same, not too far from the starting time. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't wrong. I wasn't wrong. Um, that's when I, um, I have to admit, until till, till today, when I remember that, uh, my legs were shaking. Uh, because I, I didn't, I, I didn't knew much English. That's when I really got serious on it. 
I remember the first time that I went to meet with the first client. Um, oh, <laughs> I mean, my boss was shaking. I was shaking. Uh, and, and on the back of my head, it's like, what if I don't do a good job? What if, what if I don't make it? Uh, and I, I remember I, I went back to, to, to me in a store and I'm like, if I don't make it here, I was good at store. If I don't make it here, why did I live with a Kinsey? Uh, but I knew I, I needed to give it a shot. Mm -hmm. I needed to know for myself. I wanted to have the feeling of trying it. If I made it, good. If I didn't, I tried it. I made it as far as, as I wanted to make it. And it worked. Um, luckily, it worked. <laughs> um, it's, uh, I, I think I've been lucky and um, extremely lucky. More than lucky. But I also, know that I'm a really hard person to quit. When I set goals, yeah, it's really hard to quit. Um, so, um, spent five years uh, with Mari. I practiced more viticulture stuff there uh, because I was walking on multiple sides, multiple vineyards, multiple um, uh, size vineyards, uh, small vineyards, medium vineyards, large vineyards. Um, but every vineyard was treated the same. Uh, for every vineyard that I was part of it, was treated the same, I had the same care. Um, then um, had a chance to work with more equipment uh, make my own decisions, make my plan, make my own crews, uh, and it started to work, and it started to work, and uh, five years later, I thought it was time to retire from grapes. Um, because I did what I wanted to do. Uh, so I'm like, I, I gotta go do something else. And so I set out myself um, to be a handyman. I uh, started prepping myself, um, buying a bunch of tools, um, reading books for licenses, uh, because so many licenses that you have to get if you want to become a handyman. Uh, so I had a pile of books and reading through books and just when I was uh, starting to file paperwork, a uh, phone call came in. And uh, it was a different management company that uh, uh, was looking for me. Uh, somebody had given my number um, and they told me who they were. And I'm like, huh? huh? How do you got my number? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I hope it's good with you. Um, I remember he said, I hope it's good with you. Um, somebody gave me your number and um, we would like to talk to you. And I'm like, uh, talk to me? Uh, yeah, we're looking for someone like you. Uh, I'm like, uh, but I don't work in grapes anymore. Uh, are you taking vacations? And I'm like, no, I'm, well, yeah, kind of. Uh, so, talk to him for a couple of minutes and um, came up and I called my wife right away, right? Like, honey, um, you won't believe what just happened right now. Um, uh, somebody from this company called me that they're looking for a person like me to manage beers uh, for them. Um, but I'm not looking for beer work. Uh, and I asked her, what should I do? And she's like, well, you've done it for all this time. You should go. You have nothing to lose. I know you want to do your thing, but um, I mean, you've done it forever. Mm -hmm. Why don't you just take a moment and and go meet him? If they are if they are looking for you, just um, just set up a time and, and if if you decide not to, just. Uh, make them feel like you're not ignoring them and uh, the industry is you never know and I'm like mm, you're right <laughs> you're right so calling back set up an appointment we met and talked about it his offer was great good uh, but I wasn't looking for uh, grapes um, I liked him a lot, um, but I really wanted to do my thing. <laughs> uh, and so I, I, we met and I told him, oh, thank you very much. Uh, I really appreciate you looking for me, uh, but um, I'm working on a new project and uh, no thanks. A week later, another management company called me. Um, and the same thing, exactly the same thing. I called my wife and I told her, honey, uh, this is crazy. Uh, this is the second uh, company that calls me uh, to offer me a job. And well, you, she told me the same thing. Go see them. You, you have nothing to lose. Go see them. The offer was even better. I'm like, Jesus. Uh, but after after thinking about it, um, I said no. A um, couple of weeks went by, and I I was I left to Mexico. I left to Mexico and I was in Mexico when Daniel Faye called me. And back on the little village, you don't have phone service until you go to the city. And so it took me a couple of days to go back to the city because you don't go every day. 
And so we went back to the TV and my phone rang that I had a voicemail. And it was Daniel Faye uh, and he left me a voicemail saying that he um, was looking for me and he was interested on, on talking to me. Um, but I, I, I don't think he was specific on that voicemail. And so I called him back. And, and um, while I was in the city and we talked for a few minutes and he told me that um, he had an opportunity. Um, and I told him that I wasn't in town, that I was away, uh, that I'll call him back when I'm in town, back in town. Um, and then I got back in town. It took, I don't know, two, three weeks. And I think Daniel was ready to, to have somebody to fill up the, the, the opening. Um, and as soon as I get back, um, he must have called me when I was on the airport, on the airplane or something. But I had another voicemail. And as soon as I got back, called him back and um, uh, met with him. Prior to, prior to me with him, I talked to my wife <laughs> again, right? And so I, I, this is kind of funny because I, I told her, this is probably a sign that I need to, and I need to keep doing what I was doing. It's the third company. And she's like looking at me, she's like, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, uh, I, I, I think um, I could have jumped into the first one. I could have jumped into the second one. For whatever reason, it didn't happen. Uh, but when Daniel called me, when we sat down and talked about it, it was a different thing because I knew Daniel. Uh, I knew Daniel and I knew that if I came to work for him, with him, uh, it was going to be great. Mm -hmm. I wasn't wrong at all, at all. Uh, it's it's been a uh, I'm on my this is my sixth year so no more fives <laughs> this is my uh, sixth year here and ever since um, I've been happy as can be mm -hmm. um, I have to admit that um, right now I'm taking care of twice as much acreages than what I did under. ABS advanced vineyard systems, but it doesn't feel. Um, there's a, there's a group of people. There's a lot of support. Um, it's it's again another great decision I made mm -hmm. to join RP. Uh, and RP has uh, allowed me the chance to help others. Uh, and so I, I think uh, here I, uh, I've made uh, more impact on people um, than, than before. Mm -hmm. It's because um, they have given me the tools, um, they have given me the trust, um, and 
I, I think I, I keep being lucky because I keep encountering myself with great people. Mm -hmm. um, the team here, it's, it's a great team. I get to work um, with everybody, uh, senior manager, um, with some of them more, uh, with some of them less. Uh, I get to work with um, Evan Bellinger. I get to work with a little bit with Alex Carrera. I get to work with Luke Pilardi. I get to work with Lee and with Daniel. Mm -hmm. So I get to work with the five of them. Um, and it's, uh, it, it's been an, uh, an awesome experience. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. So Des describe your, your role here for what, what you're doing here. And I'm curious about, you mentioned the acreage, all the different vineyards you're, you're in charge of. Tell me about managing that scale of vineyard with all the different people involved, all the different uh, vineyard owners and, and all that involved. How do you manage that kind of scale of, of vineyards? And, and, and what is it your, what is your kind of day-to-day, week-to-week role? My role here, uh, it's, uh, I'm in charge of um, uh, just under 600, uh, 575 acres, 575 acres, uh, 31 properties in total. Uh, and it goes from the largest one to uh, it's 95 acres and the um, smallest one is two acres uh, and so I'm in charge on the day-to-day -day operations um, everything everything um, people equipment I get to hire my own people I get to build my own crews. I get to, I get to um, not only hire the, the contract people that comes in for the season, but also to select um, the full timers, uh, the tractor operators. Um, I. I need to report to uh, my manager, my senior managers. Uh, it, this is when it gets, this is when the, you might, it might sound really complicated because there's 31 sites uh, in different sizes. Um, it, it, yes, it's kind of scary because uh, <laughs> every single vineyard uh it's it's run um, on a budget mm -hmm. on a budget so you have to be really careful on a daily you cannot you cannot just sit back and relax it's it's um, you have to be on top of it and gotta be able to figure it out gotta be able to teach you guys how to figure it out when we're going good, when we need to change it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, again, uh, expectations. If you are clear with the expectations, um, 
but the rest of your crew, everybody knows where you're going. Everybody knows where everybody, where we all together need to be at. Mm -hmm. If that is not clear, then you got people going left and right and all over the places. So first is um, a direction, a clear direction. Uh, what are we want to be? Mm -hmm. And treat everybody as a part of the crew. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody is different. Um, the contract people that come in for a couple of months, the full-timer people, we are all the same. Nobody is different here. Everybody receives the same treatment. And so everybody, it's all one group. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the people that have more time, the people that is brand new, everybody is the same and everybody gets the same message. Um, we can we can joke, we can laugh, we can we can sing, we can whatever we want to do. Um, but as long as we get the job done. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when you have a clear direction, uh, everybody follows that and we get the job done. Um, I report with my um, um, managers, um, I, I need to be ready for any questions that they might have about progress, uh, about how much people is there, about any changes. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I'm in charge of executing uh, when the bit department gives us um, things that we need to do, I'm in charge of executing it. Um, basically, uh, uh, everything and anything that goes on, mm -hmm. um, I get to, uh, I get to, to deal with some of the clients uh, directly, uh, and a good number of them um, with my senior supervisor. Uh, but they have allowed me to have direct connection with them. Um, it's just, uh, it, it's, me, uh, it, it's, it's been, um, it's been really nice. Hmm. Uh, every day I come up with a plan for the next day and I usually, what I told um, them is that I, I'm usually prepped for after five days. I know where we're going to be in five days. Um, but daily we do um, kind of a schedule mm -hmm. so they know where we are, uh, what kind of progress we're doing. Mm -hmm. And we, we're planning, um, we're planning um, ahead. When are we going to be done with X um, task that we're doing, how much more people we need, do we have enough, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, anything that is involved in mm -hmm. there. Uh, some decisions I get to uh, make a course consulting with the senior supervisors. Uh, some other decisions I ask them 
prior to the time that we need him just so we're ready to go when we show up to the to the side mm -hmm. uh, instead of showing to the side and not knowing what to do um, so it's it's really important um, communication communication um, on this kind of work that we do uh, communication it's it's an, one of the number one type of thing that it has to be in there. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to communicate um, with multiple layers, admin, managers, owners, um, crews. Uh, it, it's really important mm -hmm. for everything to, to uh, be done properly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when a, when, a, when a winery or a vineyard client hires results partners to, to run their vineyard, how much of the decision-making at that point is, is yours or, or the team here? And how much is, does the client have to say at that point? How, how much are they kind of ceding over to you to make decisions? Um, that, that depends. There's some owners that um, they are really into it. And so uh, a lot of the times they, they, they make a lot of calls. Uh, there's owners that um, they want to company who takes care of their vineyards and entirely off, hands off. Um, so we have a little bit of everything. We have some others that like to do a little bit uh, and, and they do, uh, but it, it's, it's a mix, a mm -hmm. uh, little bit of everything. Um, yeah, we, we when we pick up a client that uh, he wants to be part of his operation, we don't say no. Uh, we, we just got to make sure that everything is clear. So the next day that something is not done, it's, it's draw and it wasn't, it's either on our side or that it's part of his responsibility. So when, when it's not done, we know who, who it's not doing it. Mm -hmm. um, that way we're not, oh, I thought you were going to do it. No, we thought you were going to do it. No, it's, it's, all, it's all clear, just, just so we don't get into uh, mm -hmm. details. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, um, yeah, there's some clients that are, are having all kinds of fun on the tractor and going <laughs> up and down. And some others, uh, uh, they much rather not mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. So you get a little bit of everything. You, you mentioned that both here and at ABS, part of, the, part of the draw for you was kind of building your own crews, hiring your own people and, and overseeing. I'm, I'm curious, as you're building a crew, what, what are you looking for? How, how are you putting it together? Who are, who are the people you're looking for and, and kind of what are your expectations of them? It's um, when uh, you're building your crew, uh, you're looking for um, a strong leadership there always there's always a, a leader uh, and um, that's what you're looking for because uh, it, it's you'll know that um, it's gonna work uh, and a strong leadership doesn't mean that people is bad with people, it's just that it's clear. We're doing this here and, and everybody follows. Um, 
So that's that's one of the main things. Mm -hmm. um, that's for the crews when when you're looking for an operator, um, an operator. It's it's a person that is going to be a lot of the time by himself, by herself, uh, and so you have to be able to, to, to sense that you can trust people. Um, because um, out of the 16 operators that I have, it will be so difficult to make it to every single of them on a day. I, I won't be able to do it. And so I wanted to make sure that one, he knows how to do the job. Uh, and if he doesn't, we have new people. We have new people uh, that has a desire that will, and that's where I come back. That if I have somebody raising a hand, I'll grab it right away because I raised my hand multiple times and nobody grabbed me until later. But um, that's the kind of people that you want to grab, and that's the kind of people that you give them the tools and most likely they're going to succeed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And share your knowledge, share your knowledge. Uh, I told my co-workers that uh, um, I share everything I know. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it won't bother me that one day one of my co-workers it's the one that gets me the order. Means that he had it mm -hmm. or she had it. Mm -hmm. uh, we've done, um, I've worked right now, we're working with, and the opportunities are equally for everybody. Um, right now I'm working with, uh, with a, um, a new uh, operator, it's a she. She wants to do it. Uh, we're willing to train her. Um, new operators that they come from from restaurant, from construction, they want to do it. Um, we're willing to train them, mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's where you can get some top-notch people mm -hmm. um, when you're willing to to invest the time. Um, and so you look for for responsible people, um, for people that is on site every day, uh, for people that is willing to work. Um, for what we do, there's a part of the year where um, the, the 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 more that you do, the better because you can be at the next vineyard the next day, and so. Uh, if you have volunteers that they want to work an extra hour, an extra two hours, uh, one, they make a little bit more money, two, uh, we can be on the next vineyard the next day, uh, and three, everybody's happy. And so uh, it works just properly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things that's come up in a lot of our interviews recently has been sort of a, uh, a concern over the sort of future of labor, of, of having enough labor, having enough skilled labor. I'm curious in your in your experiences, are what are you seeing in terms of the labor force in Oregon wine, and, and does it does it concern you? 
yes, and I think we've seen it, and, and that's why uh, more vineyards are going through the mechanization. Um, uh, more vineyards uh, are using um, machines to harvest, for example. Uh, so the the industry, the industry is evolving, in evolving positive, because um, not not I don't know how many machines in how many vineyards we can put machines through because there are some vineyards that <laughs> you're not gonna be able to put a harvester through. Uh, but if we can put a harvester through some of the vineyards that are friendly, um, that are not too steep, that are not too side of the hill, um, I, I think that the industry in itself, it's kind of regulating um, itself mm -hmm. uh, with more acceptance to uh, mechanical. Um, right now we're running um, more harvesters. Um, we're in the past we used to hedge uh, vineyards by hand. Now um, we're all mechanical. Uh, in the past we used to pull leaves entirely by hand. Now more people it's uh, doing it mechanically. Uh, and we use a combination uh, for the same reason. For some areas that we're not able to put machines through, we have people. But we don't, um, at, at that period of time, you don't need all the hands that you would need if you don't have machines. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I, I think as we're working that direction, um, and um, the labor, uh, we seen it, it has decreased. So uh, good thing that we are, the, the people being our owners are, are, are taking in more of the mechanical aspect of the vineyard growing industry. Um, because I think it all help, it all help. Uh, if, we, if we're waiting for the crew to do uh, certain blocks by hand and we don't get the crew, uh, we can put the machine through. Um, and so, uh, yeah. And we've been equipping ourselves with more equipment because for the very same reason. So more mechanization. Something you mentioned earlier, you're talking about the opportunities that there are now. They weren't when you came in. There were not opportunities. Tell me about some of the evolution of opportunities that you've seen for vineyard workers and 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 for for people who were kind of came in like you did, and how it's different now if you're coming in. Uh, I can give you a couple samples um, here with me personally. Um, Ever since I had the chance to work with people and, and, and build my own crews and hire my own people, um, I uh, worked 
with um, for four years I worked with my uh, my assistant um, Daniel Barajas is his name he also works uh, with results partners um, he picked it up really well the he kept asking questions and, and I kept giving him more information and on my mind um, I was working with him kind of prepping him for the next opportunity um, he showed that he wanted to do it when the next opportunity came, uh, he was ready to go. And now uh, he's uh, taking care of another uh, region for uh, RP. Mm -hmm. So he's managing um, one of our uh, regions. Mm -hmm. So that makes me feel good. And then, um, then I had a supervisor who I used to work with um, when we were working at ABS. He always had the desire and he was always asking the right questions. And so it's a sign. When you get someone as another sign when people are asking the right questions and wants to know, why are we doing this? Yeah? Am I, it might make someone mad because I has to, I, why I have to give an explanation. <laughs> but when you have that kind of people, why are we doing this? Why we do that? Why do we that different? Why we take so many leaves? Why we put it this way? It's the person that you want to feed a little bit more, a little bit more little bit more so as soon as we uh, transferred um, Daniel Barajas to his new role I needed an assistant I needed a right-hand person and Juan Mendoza was the next guy so um, I asked him hey Juan um, so this is the plan just so you know um, You've shown some interesting things. What do you think if um, we do this? He was happy and scared. <laughs> uh, he's like, well, I, I like it. But what if I don't know? I'm like, well, if you don't know, I'll, I'll be there to help. <laughs> if you and I don't know, we can always get a hold of her. Uh, see your manager and we can make it work it's just uh, if you want to I don't want to force you but this is an opportunity that is going to be available uh, think about it and let me know what do you think uh, took it uh, he helped me last year this uh, is his second year and he's done Great, great.
So, um, yeah, as soon as you have the, the, the person that it's showing signs of wanting to grow, um, I think, I believe we should do something. You should do something because if you don't do it, and uh, that person ends up in leaving, somebody else is gonna take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and why not keep it in house? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I think that's when you have a good chance to make loyal people. Uh, when you give them, when you give them just what is, what is needed, not too much, so you can keep giving more as we're going. You built um, that sentiment of loyalty. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you have that, um, you not only stay, but you invite more people in. Mm -hmm. So that works perfect. Uh, and that's all you have to do. Hey, um, I don't know what book I was reading, um, but um, I was reading that uh, a company, um, succeed of a company, it's made of uh, people uh, that is willing to, um, oh gee, I, succeed of a company is made of people that is willing to stick around and is willing to learn mm -hmm. and to put a practice. Um, so yeah. Um, and and more people that we've um, that I personally uh, have um, brought up. Um, and and again, uh, it's just because of the opportunity. I was given. Uh, I I think that if more of us were willing to do this kind of stuff, uh, we would have more people mm -hmm. in the industry, mm -hmm. more faces in the industry. Uh, but um, it's never too late. <laughs> and the industry is growing, uh, so uh, it's. I think there's going to be more chances, more opportunities for people. Mm -hmm. So you talked about the way the industry is changing, uh, growing, obviously right now. What 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 else about it is different than when you first joined? What else has changed in Oregon wine? What does it look like now compared to what it looked like when you started? Um. Well, right now, um, the uh, industry is uh, larger, but not too large. Everybody knows each other. Uh, I see more, uh, more people out there. Uh, these programs that we now have, the symposium, where people uh, get to meet other people mm -hmm. of the same industry. Um, these are great things to have. Um, I only, uh, maybe what we are missing is uh, uh, 
some kind of some kind of get together with um, the the other layer. You know, you have the management, uh, the other layer of uh, main people that is part of the industry. Um, I don't know senior managers or supervisors, mm -hmm. that layer. Um, I, I think that if we were to have a program where um, not everybody, but um, a program that is available for whoever wants to be part of it, mm -hmm. participate, so we can share uh, ways to, to do better what we're doing here. Uh, I think there's uh, room for improvement. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know what that program will be and who will be uh, willing to be part of it. Um, but I think there's a lot of knowledge uh, within the industry on some of the layers that uh, probably left behind us, not to worry, but that if they were to be exposed, um, we can pick up new ways of doing things mm -hmm. and uh, perhaps to be more efficient on what we do, um, different ways of doing things that we already do. And uh, for many years we think that we're doing it right, but probably somebody has an easier way to do it. Um, I, I think we're missing that um, a program specific that if I don't speak English, I can still communicate with the rest of the guys. Um, a program that is, um, there's a lot of people, uh, I know a lot of people that um, they don't speak English, but they're really smart people. In uh, one of the various is that they cannot bring up uh, what what they're thinking mm -hmm. um, brought up what they're thinking and uh, um, give that piece of information mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that I don't know if I'll see that uh, but I think that'll be something that somebody needs to to, to start assembling and mm -hmm. Um, put together. So I'm curious to hear about 2020 from your perspective, obviously dealing with multiple issues. So let's, let's start with the pandemic and, and how that affected your work. 2020, 2020, uh, 2020 is a year that is going to be living with us forever. Um, you know, um, sometimes I get asked, uh, what do you think about this new year? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just hope everything goes right. Uh, you know, for what we do, uh, Mother Nature plays a big role. Uh, I mean, a huge role. Agriculture, any, anything agriculturally, you can do everything you want. You can prep. I mean, you name it, 
but Mother Nature is gonna come and kick our ribs. Or, <laughs> nah, <laughs> but it's gonna be either or. Um, 2020 um, started, started at the beginning of the year being a normal year, uh, but right at the beginning, when uh, COVID was discovered, um, I mean, a lot of us thought it was going to be something that was going to go away fast. It hasn't happened yet. Um, so things started changing as we were going into the year. Then it got more serious. Uh, one of the hardest thing at the beginning was to go in with the crews uh, and some of them are family relatives. Um, one of the hard things was to go at break time and lunch time and tell, hey, spread out. Mm -hmm. We, we got to be six feet apart. When they used to put their food together and everybody was eating food from each other, a family type of thing. Uh, so it was hard for me to show up to the vineyard and, and ask them, hey, we got to do this because we, we, we have to follow protocol. Mm -hmm. we, um, it's for your safety, for my safety, for everybody. We, we have to do it. And then the mask. Uh, little by little, they started getting it. Um, but it was one of the hardest things. Uh, then the season progressed. We had enough people, luckily. No cases of COVID, mm -hmm. but all of our crews. Wow. <laughs> um, after seeing, watching the news, multiple cases here, several cases here, multiple cases on that packing uh, place mm -hmm. and all over the places. Oh, every day, uh, and I have family at home, right? So it, it's a kind of, oh, what's gonna happen today? Am I gonna bring it home? And am I gonna give it to somebody at work? Uh, do I have it, do I not? Um, who has it? What do I touch? What should I? It, it, it was bad, it was, it's been bad for that. Uh, then the year progressed. Luckily, we had enough people to do our work. And uh, the blooming season came. Just when, when, when the bloom is happening, you want a, a, a dry weather. And bloom is going on, and you get this storm, this rain coming. It was bad. Um, very little fruit on some cases, almost nothing. And then we're working with what we already have. And the fires came. And I'm like, what else is going <laughs> to come our way? Um, so it was a very difficult year. I, 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 I don't recall uh, seeing 
for not being picked. In 2020, there was blocks, vineyards, uh, unpicked vineyards. And all of this uh, fruit, quite a bit of the fruit that we picked, made it to the wineries, but then after so long, it didn't pass because it had so much smoke in there. Uh, it was, it was bad, mm-hmm. bad. Um, yeah, it, it was a year that it's going to be in our memories. Um, luckily, we, uh, I, and, and this is, <laughs> I, I, I told my coworkers, um, even with all of this unfortunate events, or I don't know what's the right word, uh, we were able to have a job every day. Every single day we had a job on the wine growing, grape growing industry. Mm-hmm. Every day we had a job. There was a lot of people that they had a job. They got a job. There are some people still struggling for a job. Mm-hmm. And we didn't miss a single day except a couple of days due to the smoke. Um, but every day we had a job. Mm-hmm. So everybody was able to generate income to bring food home. Uh, so that's another reason why I feel so lucky to be part of this industry. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about it, um, not having Mm-hmm. Job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a day that we won't easily forget. Hopefully, we don't get another one <laughs> similar. Tell yeah. me about handling the smoke with a with a crew of people who are working outdoors and have to be around it. How did you manage that? We had some sites where um, it was thicker than others. Uh, and as much as uh, as we wanted to um, keep the people home, uh, keep them from working, uh, everybody everybody needs to keep generating income. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we did it a day or two days, uh, but everybody's like, "Well, we 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 need the work." Um, and so we kind of did, did it volunteer and everybody showed up to work. Everybody showed up to work. Um, there was a couple of days that we made them short, um, but everybody was on board. Um, so we didn't force anybody. Uh, it was um, for the worst uh, three or four days. Uh, it was volunteer. If you wanted to, you can. If you want to stay home, you can stay home. Uh, but everybody wants to work. And so we just kept working. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was uh, uh, amazing. For some part of the years, it was really thick. And then you came around the hills, and it was a little bit different. And as soon as the air started uh, picking up, 
um, we were able to uh, not have as thick as it was mm -hmm. on the days that the air completely stalled where it fell down. So, yeah, mm. that was bad. I hope we don't see that again. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So what's next for you? You've already tried to retire from grapes once and it didn't really take. So what's, uh, what's next as you look ahead for your future and for your, for your work here at, at Results Partners? Um, what I see is that I'm, I'm at a, a, a great company. I'm at a company where, uh, like I was telling you, has allowed me to help other people come up. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'll be around uh, helping more people coming up. Um, and I don't have uh, plans to retire from grapes here. So especially, you know, it's it's doing what you like to do. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Doing what you like to do and having the opportunity to help others do something a little bit different, help them, uh, guide them to something that they can do uh, and to make an impact, a positive impact on them. So one day they could also do the same thing. Uh, it's, it's very satisfactory. It's, uh, I'm looking forward for every day. Um, so I think I'll be able to help more people. Hmm. And for that, and for doing what I like to do, uh, I'm getting paid to do something <laughs> that I really enjoy. What, what's wrong with that? Right? It's like, Wow, I'm getting paid for doing what I like to do. I never thought I could be there. Um, and helping others, even better. Mm -hmm. So, uh, no plans for retirement. Um, um, I think the third sign was what I needed. And so I got it. Man, I'm so lucky. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, so you just have to go and, and do uh, what you need to do and uh, make sure that's done properly. Um, respecting everybody um, and uh, trying to help whoever it's raising mm -hmm. its hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like it. Well, that's all the questions that I have for you. Is there anything I didn't ask that I should have? Anything we didn't cover here today that we should have covered? No, I, I think um, I think we uh, covered everything. Um, um, yeah, no, this has been uh, a, a fun. Um, Something that happened with uh, Results Partners when I first joined uh, Results Partners. Uh, there's a vineyard uh, called uh, 
Caravella in the Wilsonville area. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> that vineyard, you can see the top of the vineyard from the Wilsonville Road coming out of uh, Wilsonville and on your way to New York. There's a part of the road that you can see the vineyard to the top. Many years ago, uh, when I noticed that flat spot on top of the hill, I always thought it was a vineyard. And I always said, one day I'm gonna go visit that vineyard. One day I'm gonna go visit that vineyard to see if, if, I, if it's a vineyard, I'm gonna look for work there. Cause it looked beautiful from the bottom. Next thing I know, when I was uh, hired uh, my results partners, uh, that's one of the vineyards that I went and visit with uh, Daniel Fay. In looking from the flattest part of the vineyard down, I noticed the road, and I'm like, that must be Wilson the Road. So I asked Daniel, that's Wilson the Road, right? He's like, yeah, that's Wilson the Road. Um, you're not going to leave this, Daniel, but <laughs> many years ago, I wanted to be on this spot here. Wow. By driving on that road, I thought this was a vineyard, and I said that one day I wanted to go to that vineyard. I never thought I was going to take care of this vineyard. So it's <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. Um, That's amazing. Pretty cool. That yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Good, good, uh, good things. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm happy. Happiest give me. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time today, for your stories, for your thoughts. No, uh, thank you very much for uh, reaching out, and uh, it's my pleasure to share uh, my story. Uh, it's nothing but a story of an individual that was hungry of doing something different. Um, and after a few obstacles, I think. I think I'm getting there. <laughs> oh, uh, thank you very much. Awesome. Very nice to meet both of you. Um, yeah. yeah, you're welcome. So thank you so much. We're gonna let you off the hook. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Oregon Wine History Archive podcast, and thank you to all the supporters, partners, donors, and interviewees who have made our project a success. Be sure to check out our website at OregonWineHistoryArchive.org for more interviews, plus photographs, wine labels, and more. And stay tuned for more interviews as we tell the story of Oregon wine. The Oregon Wine History Archive podcast is brought to you by the Oregon Wine History Archive at Linfield University. The executive producer is Kiana Anderson. Producers are Rich Schmidt, Rachel Woody, Stephanie Hoffman, and Camille Weber. Special thanks to all the Linfield Archive students who have assisted on our oral history interviews. <laughs>